Welcome to Tiki Central Canada. Ever wonder what's in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mmm, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. He has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here's your hosts, Craig, Paula, and Mark, and their wacky views in drinks, life, and maybe information. Hey folks, how's it going? It's Craig here from Tiki Central Canada. I'll be your bartender, your mixologist, and hopefully information for the hour. We'll see how it goes. And yes, we are still doing the internet, but you know, we'll eventually back in it back in the studio, which I'm actually in and it looks deserted. Oh my God. But yes, on one side of my screen is Paula, our co-host. How Paula, how are we doing today? Good. How are you? I, we had a good weekend. It was pretty sunny and uh, enjoyed the pool and uh, some yeah. light stuff. So Ditto, ditto. Yes. So Paula is our tiki newbie, we can call yeah. her that. And basically she does, she asks the questions that you guys want to ask us. And on the other side of my screen is Mark, who is our tiki expert, according to us, because he always debates this process that he doesn't think he's a tiki expert, but he, I think in our eyes he is. Uh, and how are we doing, Mark, in the Batcave? We're doing okay. We're down here in the Batcave uh, doing this, the internet thing, and uh, we're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We were just talking about AOL. It was hilarious. I remember the old days. Of course, yeah. if you're in our age bracket, you do remember logging in and hearing the modem going like, ee-oo, ee-oo, ee-oo. Mm. And then, of course, if you didn't have a separate line, someone would pick up the phone to make a phone call and you get disconnected. It was brutal. And and the how noisy it was to connect. Oh, God. It took a minute at least to log in. Yeah. And then you're like, you've got mail. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And in Brazil, we didn't have AOL, right? Because uh, it, it's B-O-L, you know? B-O-L. <laughs> that would be true, yeah. Yeah. So we didn't yeah. have the, the AOL per se. Like we had MSN, we had the other ones, but not AOL. So. Uh-huh. I never really got to have the, you got mail. And the hmm. dial-up was, was like really slow. I mean, I try to explain to our kids today, like they're gaming on like super high speed. I'm like, you don't understand. You click on a page, you go have dinner and then yeah. come back. <laughs> and the page might be up. <laughs> Listen, when, when I was in my 20s, I would, because here's, the, again, Brazil is land of nobody, right? Like you, yeah. can, you can literally do whatever you want, not get caught. So I would, my series that I watched downloading in the torrents, this is already mm-hmm. later on, right? It wasn't even yeah. uh, connect uh, internet anymore. It's it yeah. was already high speed, close to what it was before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I would I would download one episode, like a three hundred mega episode, and go to sleep. Yep. Sometimes for multiple days <laughs> before <laughs> while, it, while the torrent was downloading for me to watch. I think I did the same thing with Napster. I would download like eight songs, go to Napster! sleep. Napster! Oh yes. my God, I loved Napster. Yeah, but the thing that sucks is you get up in the morning and half of them would be broken files. So like, oh, you got to start all over again. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Those were hard times. People take that for granted nowadays, right? Oh yeah. Like, the kids that didn't go through that are, are just spoiled. Exactly. Can't do anything. Well, market concurrence, like vinyl. Used to buy a vinyl record. There'd be two good songs on the vinyl record. But you had to buy the whole record. Yeah. <laughs> so now, you find those yeah. two songs on the record, you play those over and over and over again, and then the rest of the record was never played. Yeah. 
Sometimes there was just one song that yeah. was good in the whole record. If you're lucky, there might be one whole side you might play. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyways, yes. Yeah, so, uh, hopefully, everybody's staying safe, just like we are. I am double vaccinated. Uh, Mark, you're double vaccinated. You are. I are. And Paul, you're single. No, or double. I'm double too. So why are we not in the studio? Anyways, uh, that's another question for another time. Because uh, Paula has a little baby. That's right. Paula has a little one. So the next show will be recorded actually at Paula's house out in the wild, mm-hmm. blue yonder of Canada. And uh, yeah, me and Mark will get in the Tiki Mobile and drive our studio out there. Wild, wild west, my friend. That's wild, what it wild is. Wild, wild west. That's what we're going to call it. The wild, wild west. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, let's go into the show, shall we? Yes, Craig. What are we talking about today? So today we're going to talk about something that's a little close to my heart. That's you know, kind of think of memories and and being sentimental and uh, it's so just, it's yeah, tiki. I, we're talking about tiki then. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be tiki. You know me, I'm a tiki guy, of course. Uh, yep, I'm a tiki guy, of course. No, but actually, what I was also talking about is uh, two holidays are coming up here, which is the International Rum Holiday. It's on August 16th. The Black Tot Holiday, which is on July. 31st, 1970 was when it actually happened. So we celebrate that every year. But also, too, we're going to talk about sea shanties, which is something that's close to me because of Nova Scotia. So in Nova Scotia, folk songs, and that's where my family's from, or my origin is from, is from Nova Scotia. And so therefore, it is close to my heart. It kind of reminds me of home. So I have a question. You say that they these are holidays, but they're not actually holidays where you don't work, right? No, no, they're not. I wish they were. That'd be great. <laughs> it's okay. like, hey, guys, it's International Rum Day. Let's go. Drinks are on me. <laughs> it's like, we don't have to work. What? Don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs> you know what? I think we should all just call our bosses and tell them, hey, I'm off today. Of course I might. It's International Rum Day. No? Yeah. It's not a holiday? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> now, in Brazil, what is the, the weirdest holiday there? Like, what is the one where you're kind of like, really? It's a holiday? Is there anyone in particular? Well, not really, because ours are, are mostly religious or through historical facts. So we have one that's actually curious if you're not from Brazil, because there was this one guy that he, his name was Tiradentes, mm-hmm. which means teeth remover. Yes. Okay. And we have, we okay. actually have a holiday in, in Brazil uh, for him, for the, for the teeth remover guy. I think it's the day he was killed because he was a, and and I don't remember the history of it, but it's pretty funny because he's a dentist in the end of the day. Like, how did he become a holiday, you know? (laughs) An international holiday. Maybe you could do, you could do that question for the next, uh, the Brazilian and I'll I'll do the research. Yeah. There we go. Okay. (laughs) So uh, are we just talking about, you know, songs and stuff or are we actually talking about drinks? Of course, we are always talking about drinks. So on this show, we're going to talk about the classic grog because of Black Tot Day and the Bahama Mama for International Rum Day. Cool. Didn't we do these before? Now, we have done these two drinks before on our show, but we're going to do a bit of a twist with some new recipes from Pooser's Rum. So what's Pooser's Rum again? And uh, how does that relate? I'm confused. Sure. So Pooser's Rum basically is a British uh, Navy uh, rum that was basically given out to the sailors during the uh, 1700s all the way up to 1970, actually. And so it also relates to the Black Tot story. So Black Tot Day, which is coming up on July 31st, 
What it is, is that that's when rum was stopped being rationed out to the sailors, which was the Pooser's Rum. A lot of sailors uh, considered to be like almost like a day of funeral or a day of rest. So a lot of them actually did celebrations where they would throw bottles of rum or barrels of rum even over, sea, over the side of the ship into the ocean. They still do actually give rations of rum out to the sailors, but only on special occasions. Like example, if a ship has been off into the sea for months on end, finally docked or ported, then they will actually do a portion of rum. Uh, if there's a promotion or a celebration on the boat, they also will do portions of rum. But other than that, no more rum rations as of that day. Wow. So what is our first drink today? Okay, so the first drink we're going to do is a classic grog, uh, which back in the days was actually just rum and water, but we're going to give it a new look. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give you the Pusses Rum version of the grog. And in that is two ounces of rum. Now, you don't have to actually use Pusses Rum for that. You can use any rum you want. We all say everyone has their own favorites. Some people have white rum that they love. Some people like coconut rum. Some people like Mark love aged rum. Right, Mark? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, yes, sir. So, I'm, yes. I'm in the coconut rum team. She, she's in the coconut rum team. You and Norma are both in the coconut rum team, I know. Yes. It's like, it's like, yeah. So uh, from your situation, you'd be using coconut rum. So it'd be two ounces of that rum, whatever rum you want to use. Uh, two ounces of chilled water. It could be room temperature water. Uh, half ounce of honey. A dash of bitters. And then a half of a squeezed lime. So what we're doing here now is what they would do in the old days is they would do add uh, sugar and they would add lime juice to the, the portions that would be getting on board. So this is kind of a pooster's version of what the sailors actually received on board. Uh, it wasn't just the rum and water like we talk about with the grog, but they also too would be lime juice and honey as well, or sorry, sugar as well. And the bitters, I think, is going to get a bit of a bite of a bite, which, of course, Mark loves that. Mark likes something that's got a bit of a spice to it, a bit of a bite to it. A little bit of a level. So for this one here, is it any different? Do you shake it? Do you stir it? Do you swirl it in a barrel? Swirl in a barrel. Now, the reason why Mark actually just mentioned a barrel, because when you give out the rations on the boat, it would be a giant barrel that would be on the boat. And Poosers was positioned, he would actually hand out the rations. Boosters was a term for a person who took care of all the equipment on the ship. Uh, and also, to obviously, after grog was introduced, or rum was introduced, then obviously he also handed out the rations of rum every day to all the sailors. And so, yeah, he'd be, have his giant barrel, and on the side of the barrel, it would be, God bless the queen, or God bless the king, depending on what ge generation you're in at the time. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, so you just scoop it out and put it into their mugs for the day. So what we're going to do is build this. You can combine all the ingredients and you're going to pour this into a Collins glass or if you've got a sailor's mug or if you have your own particular mug that you have at home that's your favorite. I'm sure Mark's got some mug somewhere at home that's like his go-to for drinks. Then, yeah, you're going to pour that into a mug or Collins glass with fresh ice and you can put a little lime wedge on there for garnish. So, Mark, do you actually have a favorite like... I know you've got a thousand mugs. We've obviously up in your house. <laughs> is there one in particular that's like your kind of like the go-to mug? Um, I don't have a thousand, uh, but yeah, there's. <laughs> I try to go for ones without uh, that are short and stocky, so they can hold a lot of ice easily, like mixing, and not have a handle, because I find if I reach for a handle, so I have a couple of uh, like barrel type uh, mugs that I use a lot for that kind of stuff. I imagine you'd want something else too. It's kind of heavy. That's not going to be top 
top heavy, like we'll yep. get knocked over very easily, right? You want something where yeah. it's like it's anchored and it's going to have some weight to it, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I never spill a drink ever. Yeah, he said. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he doesn't want the handle because he's going, yeah. oh shit, I missed the handle, and hey. knocked over the drink. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm always careful with like hurricane glasses because they're so tall and that kind of stuff. Little Thanks. squat barrel mugs are awesome. There we go. Uh, and yeah, Nick, on our next newsletter, which I know we've haven't done a newsletter in a long, long time. We will do a newsletter. There will be some more of Tiki mugs from Mark's collection. We'll show on there for you guys as well. So I have a, a question, and yes. I hope that you don't get mad. Why <laughs> the name Grog? I feel right. like Grog is just... It's not it's an attractive almost, name, is it? It's yeah, not like, it's you know, almost like... like it's like mud. Okay, yeah. I'm, serving, I'm serving you mud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Grog. It's so, like the old Westerns. I'm serving you whiskey in an old dirty glass. Like... <laughs> No, so Grog, what it is, is actually is a young name guy named Admiral Vernon, uh, who was he took over the British Navy in 1744. And what happened was that he saw that his Royal Navy was, like I said, not being able to operate properly because they were getting pure rum rations at that time. And so he decided at that time to pass the law that the rum would be watered down to the one to one ratio we talked about. Eventually, it ended up being watered down even more to two to one, to four to one. They just got weaker and weaker and weaker as it went along. Now, Admiral Vernon actually wore this very special coat that he used to wear all the time. It was made out of grogum, which is actually a kind of a canvas material that's waterproof. And so he got the old nickname of Old Grogum. And that was his nickname. So when they made this new law, passing it that water be added to the rum rations, they named it Grog after him. Uh, and that's where the name came from. But that's actually super interesting. I like that. A story behind the drink. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yes. Know. You know me. There's always a story behind every drink that I have. So there yeah. you go. It's- and I love that it's just like the guy's coat. You That's know, right. Like the, things the you would never, you'd never really think about. That's right. Article of clothing. So yeah. somewhere there's a drink called flannel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in BC in the woods. There's some guy going, hey, can I pass you some of that flannel? I'm really yeah, thirsty. Exactly. <laughs> A lumberjack, probably. <laughs> yeah. Or chainsaw. Can I ask him that chainsaw? Yeah. So, so it's really delicious. <laughs> but I agree with you, though, in some ways. It's not exactly an appealing thing for a drink. And you almost wonder if, because, you know, it's, it was served to sailors. So maybe they would need something sort of manny like, you know, like, ah, grog. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, could you imagine, like, ah, daiquiri? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah no. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Pina colada. Pina colada. Pina colada. Yeah. <laughs> work, yeah. It wouldn't work. Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't work, right? It just it had to have something, like, manly. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's one of the reasons why this, the name stuck as well, because it was kind of like that pirate, you know, you're on the seas and you're drinking sludge, you know? And it's yeah. Like, so that was the grog. It's, yes. It fits nicely in my uh, barrel mug. Uh, what's the next trick? All right. So the next trick we're going to do is the Bahama Mama. And like I said, this is going to be a different version than we've talked about before. And what's in it? Okay. So in this one, we're going to use two ounces of Pooster's rum. Again, if you don't have Pooster's rum, then you can obviously use whatever rum you want to. Try to use something that's not just white rum because you want to have some character to it. You want to have some... Uh, molasses, some car- caramelization, you want know, some spices in there. So you want something that's not just white rum. Uh, one ounce of coconut rum. So there you go. Paula's like intrigued. Nice. Nice. There we go. So already three ounces of alcohol in this thing already. Uh, four ounces of orange juice. So yes, the mix will actually match up with the alcohol. Uh, two ounces of pineapple juice. One of, you know, 
Paula's favorites now that she knows she's not allergic to it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's so absurd. That's going to carry on for years. It's never going to stop. It's like, you know, you can always go back to your mom like, I told you I'm not allergic to it. All right. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, there's no even uh, – I can't even do that joke with her anymore. Like, the no. brain's not there yeah, anymore. Yeah, the brain's so. not there. She just forgets all together. Exactly. Uh, a splash of grenadine. And, yes, it's just a splash of grenadine. And then a freshly squeezed lime. So, you got some sweetener. You got some sourner. You got some alcohol. And you got some mix. So, it's a pretty good well-rounded drink. I'm thinking that uh, next time we're together, we're going to put this one together and see what it tastes like for sure. No, it sounds very tropical. What do you do now? Do you stir it, shake it? Do you put like a big palm frond in it? There we go. Do you wait for the tornado to pass and then? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. So actually, you can do you can build this. You can put it into a hurricane glass. Think about tornadoes. You can put it into a hurricane glass. Oh, uh, actually, can- actually, that's wrong. Right in the down under in the islands, it's a hurricane, not a tornado. Right? Uh, yeah, it'd be a hurricane exactly. Okay, yeah. so yeah, maybe the the, the joke, joke didn't work. Broken. Yeah. <laughs> See, yes, uh, just like the hurricanes in the Caribbean, you can put this into a hurricane glass. Uh, you're going to garnish this with a cherry, orange slice, or a fresh piece of pineapple. Your choice. Or a flower, or a, or a mint. Or a pickle, or a <laughs> banana. Hey, did you notice there's no bananas in any of these cocktails, by the way? Thank God. I, I promised I would make one without a banana in it, so there we go. Okay. that that's Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Because she's a turd. I was going on a banana craze for a while there. She's like, every drink has a banana in it. Yes. What's going on? It was so unfair. Yes, but did you realize almost all those drinks were via internet? So basically, you don't have to drink them. Thank God, <laughs> so, yeah. Now, this one, we'll, we'll try actually next time we're at your house. We'll try this one out and see what you think. And That's what Mark, good. yeah, what Mark thinks as well. So Ah, what Mark thinks. When does when does Mark not like anything? I like everything. Yeah, he just drinks it and then talks about it later. Like, uh, that wasn't my favorite, but I'll drink it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's not even fair. You can't even pass it off to Linda, because Linda's like, No, I can't drink. That's got four three ounces of booze in there. Forget that. <laughs> You're not doing it with three ounces of booze for me. No, no, I'll I'll tone it down, of course. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We'll tone it down. Mark's will have four ounces of booze, and yours will have two ounces of booze. There you go. There we go. I'll just transfer some of it over to Mark's. There we go. Cocktails are like your children. They're all special. That's right. There you go. (laughs) Did you hear yourself, Mark? Yeah. (laughs) You just can't pick out one. Now, wait a minute, Mark. If I remember correctly, I think you love cocktails more than you love your kids. I only have one kid. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. That's why he only had the one kid. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tell me more, Craig, because here's the thing. I had I did not see this coming, a Bahama Mama type drink mm-hmm. in this very Navy show. I really didn't see that coming. Yeah, I figured it would be for the, the International Rum Day. We'll kind of do that one. But I did use the Pooses Rum, yeah. which is the, the Navy Rum, which we're going to talk about for sure. Cool. Interesting. Okay. So that's explained. So tell me more about it then, the, the actual Poosers and the Grog and all. Yeah, so what it was is, like I said before, it was that it was portioned out on the boats twice a day. And so what happened was that the sailors were like, wait a minute now. If you're going to water down my portion one-to-one ratio, how do I know that it's it's actually legit? Like you're not ripping me off. Are you adding more water, let's say, than, than rum or less rum and more and like the same amount of water? So they had to find a way to basically prove to the sailors that the rum was of right proportion. And this is where the word proof comes from. So when you look at a bottle or you hear about alcohol, you always hear about ABV and the other term you always hear about is proof. And this is where it actually came from. So what they do is add the one-to-one ratio of water and, and, and rum. And what they do is they add gunpowder to it. 
and light it. Now, if it didn't light, that means it was too watered down. If it lit and it had a certain color of flame, it was correct. If it had a different color of flame, it was too much rum. So they actually calibrated the portion by using gunpowder and lighting it. And so Pooster's Rum actually has a gunpowder rum, which I do have. Uh, Mark, do you have that on your stock? I do not. Oh. I know. It makes me sad. It makes you sad. I'll give you a couple portions of mine. There you oh, go. Yay. I'll give you a ration of my Pooster's Rum. <laughs> okay. There you go. Uh, now, wait a minute. Now, we have to remember that like, the ration back then was a pint. So it won't, be, right, quite, yeah. it won't be quite a pint. But uh, yeah, anyway, so yes, yeah, so that's what the, how they proved that the rum was being portioned out properly with water mix was actually letting it on fire with gunpowder. So it's very interesting that way. Also, too, like I said, what happened was that the alcohol was 80% proof back then. So it's not 40 like we know now. And it was very um, harsh. It wasn't refined like it is now. So rum back then was not developed and distilled like we know it today, where it's a little more polished. It's a little more easier on the palate. It was very harsh back then. So what they would do is actually add sugar. If you worked an extra chore or something, you would actually add sugar to it to kind of sweeten it up. And then also you're going to add lime juice because of scurvy. So they would add lime juice to all the rations to make sure that the cells didn't get scurvy or any kind of sickness, some sort of citrus of some kind. And so, Mark, when you add rum, lime juice, and sugar, what do you get? You get the fabulous daiquiri. <laughs> That's right, the daiquiri. So the British Navy created the daiquiri that we know today. I'm going to join the Navy. There we go. I'm going to join the Navy. So actually, if you think about it, the daiquiri actually was something that was meant to be on purpose to function properly, to give rum, to give you lime juice so you don't get sick, and give you sugar so you could drink it. So it was a necessity. It wasn't like somebody just sat there and developed a daiquiri. So it's very interesting when you think about it, when you go back through the history of daiquiris, because they go back to a guy named, I think it's Jonathan Cox in Cuba, if I remember correctly, Mark. I think you can concur on that one as well. And uh, in theory, it's supposed to be a place called the El Flor- Floridita. Yes. That was apparently the, the birthplace of the daiquiri, but I expect there was just all kinds of Navy people there. That's right. Well, also too, but I think you said that it's also when the first time they blended and made it with ice, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So they made the frozen daiquiri. That's what they did. But I think they also have the uh, the old daiquiri there as well, but I don't know when mm-hmm. the frozen one started. That's pretty cool if you go there because they actually they pump out like thousands of daiquiris a day. Yeah. Like thousands. And at the end of the bar, we've talked about this on the, sh- on the show before, Ernest Hemingway, who was a, obviously one of the regulars there, and he kind of made uh, daiquiri and a couple other cocktails very popular through his books and stuff. There's actually a statue of him at the end of the bar. And what they do is he has a hand out as he's laying on the bar. And actually every day they put a daiquiri in his hand. So when you walk into the La, La Florida, you get a daiquiri, but you looked at the end of the bar, there's a statue of Ernest Hemingway Drinking a daiquiri, pretty cool. Yeah, I had a Hemingway daiquiri just the other day. Just uh, it was Hemingway Day, so I decided to have one. Oh, which, okay. So what's actually in a Hemingway daiquiri? I'm just kind of curious. It's uh, the rum, and, mm-hmm. a, and instead of using the ounce and a half, the Hemingway has the full two ounces of rum in there. Well, of course, he loved his booze. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, kind of like someone of, we know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit of grapefruit juice, uh, the lime juice. And the Luxardo maraschino, maraschino liqueur. And some people put a little bit of sugar in there too, just because there's, that's very tart, the mm-hmm. whole drink. So some people put a little bit of simple syrup or just sugar in there, but I dispense with the sugar. And, uh, uh, I think if you told me correctly, so did Ernest Hemingway. He didn't like sugar either. No, he just wanted more alcohol. Duh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, like someone we know. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a nice cocktail with the the grapefruit juice and the uh, Luxardo in there. That's nice. Or you said you have the bowls. Um, yes, uh, now that one actually is sugar based. So okay. the Luxardo is not sugar based. It's from France, if I remember correctly, or Italy. Mm. Uh, the bowls is made in the states, so obviously it's got sugar in it. It's, the Americans love their sugar, so mm-hmm. yes, it's sugar based. Yeah. Now, why were you drinking that? You said there's a celebration of it was yeah, a Hemingway Day or something. Yeah, down in uh, the Key West, the Keys, they have uh, Hemingway Days. Ah, okay. Did not know that. Yeah, because he hung out there, and if you go down to Key West, you can go to the Hemingway House, which I recommend. Uh, but on the days that the cruise ships are not there, and uh, you go there, and there's a uh, there's the guides really know their stuff and there's some good Hemingway stories, but one of the reasons you go down there is because Hemingway loved his six toed cats. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> the place is crawling with six toed cats. They have their own vets. They're fed daily. They're just taken care of. They're all given names of celebrities and it's pretty fun. So at any rate, there's Hemingway days in the, the keys and it's around July 22nd around that date. Oh, there you go. That's pretty cool. Six-toed cats. Who knew? That's an actual <laughs> real thing. Yeah, six-toed cats. They have a name. I have to. I have to Google it because I'm old. But yeah, six-toed uh, cats. They have. I will uh, Google it now. Did he, did he actually breed them that way, or were these? Did oh not know that. Oh my god! It, it is true. <laughs> have I ever <laughs> lied to you? It's real that, that you know of. He's What's a book it? of knowledge. Come on now. He's an encyclopedia for Christ's sakes. <laughs> Paula's got a stunned look on her face. I'm, I'm just a bit shocked. What you want the the name of what? Six toed cats. What is it called? There's actually They're called some terminology. Poly- polydactyl. Look at that. There is an actual breed of cat <laughs> that has six toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listeners out there, just look at that, okay? The <laughs> <laughs> listen to this. Listen to this. There, there is a breed of cat that actually has six toes. It's called the Maine Coon cats. Maine Coons, yeah, they're big too. They're large cats. Wow. There you go. That's why we're here. We're here for your entertainment, entertainment and, education. and education. Together, it's edutainment. Oh, my God. Mark, what the <laughs> hell? So now you got to go to Key West just so you can see the polydactyl cats. There we go. So we, I remember last time the uh, when we talked about they actually had beer or wine. Uh, instead of rum, why did they switch over? Okay, so yeah, when they first started doing these travels, the British Navy would actually use beer on their boats and also wine. Uh, the French did the wine. And the reason why they switched over to rum is because beer would take up a lot of space. So for every day, a sailor would get two gallons of beer, okay? Um, which is like, if you think about it, beer is only like, what, 10% at the most, maybe 15% alcohol. So they gave them a bigger volume each day. So it would be two gallons of beer they get a day. Uh, I think for wine, it was a bottle of wine a day. I'm not quite sure. I can't clarify that. So what ended up happening was that when they took over in like 1655 of Jamaica, the British Navy did, they realized that they also they've got this product that, well, for one, it takes up less space. So rum actually would end up popping. So instead of two gallons of beer a day, a sailor would get one pint a day and that'd be split into two. So half a pint in the morning and half a pint in the afternoon. So obviously they took up a lot of space. Also too, beer and wine at the time because of the process would go bad. The heat, the humidity, uh, beer especially would go sour. Guys, sailors would get sick, you know, for days. And so a lot of times they wouldn't even drink the beer. So what happened was that rum, when you age rum, and so the heat and humidity, it's a perfect environment for it. It actually gets better. So I'm sure Mark can concur when we actually drink some of these aged 
or uh, older bottles of rum, they're well more refined. They taste better. They're smoother. They've got a lot more character to them. If you want to just clarify a little bit more about that, Mark? Yeah, well, the uh, the goodness of the barrels uh, comes seeping out, uh, especially when you char it. That's what they do now. They char the inside of the barrels, which you get a lot of the color from. You get the tannins from the oak. Uh, the reason you use oak is because it's waterproof, by the way. You can't just use any wood. Ah, didn't there I know you that? Go. Yeah, I, I found that out by accident one day. <laughs> <There's always, laughs> well, I wonder how. I, you, know, you ask the stupid questions, right? Why don't they use maple? And then they said, well, because oak is the only wood that's waterproof. And you go, oh, oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Any rate, so yeah, it uh, sucks all the good uh, flavors and everything out of the uh, the wood. And then it starts maturing inside the uh, the rum and, and gives it different flavors and stuff. Then afterwards, you can, you know, distillers will mix it and add different stuff to it. But yeah, it just gets all kinds of uh, flavors and stuff out of the wood itself. So, yeah, so exactly. So that's why they went over to rum instead because of the age better, took up less space. Uh, it was more palatable too. Like I said, the beer would actually go skunk. So, of course, the sailors are very hesitant to drink beer if it's on a ship for more than a few days. Where rum, they're just like, okay, well, it's good. You know, we can go for months on sea, uh, you know, not seeing land. And we still, okay, our rum rations are actually getting better as we go along. And the funny thing actually is that they didn't realize this whole aging process made the rum better until they started transporting it back from the Caribbeans back to Europe. And then they realized that the rum rations were tasting better as they're going along in their journey. And they're like, wait a minute now, this is actually something that's cool. It's, so we don't have to spend any money to make it a better quality product. And at the end, when they brought it back to Europe, what they would actually do is they could add water to it, water it down before grog was invented and water it down, get more money for it. Also, too, rum became a currency. So in the Caribbeans, you could pay off your sailors. You could pay when you go to port. You could buy supplies. Um, unfortunately, yes, so the, the slave triangle, you could buy slaves at that time with rum. So it became a currency. So that's another reason why rum became the way that the British Navy would go because of that reason exactly as well. Who needs money if you can just pay in rum? Could you imagine we get paid in rum? No. I'm sure Mark would be like, bring it on. It's like, it's like- well, that's how um, Screech started, Newfoundland. That's right. It was a currency. Yeah, they um, they traded uh, salt cod for rum. And that's how the uh, people in Newfoundland got a taste for the rum and the people on the East Coast and nice dark uh, rum. And of course, the salt cod helped uh, feed everybody down there because it kept forever. So Black Todd Day, why did they stop serving it to sailors then? So the reason why they stopped serving rum altogether to sailors on Black Todd Day is because the ships got more and more technical. I mean, you can think about it. So way back in the 1700s, 1800s, it would take months to get across the seas, overseas from Europe to the Caribbeans or to the mainland here in North America. And really, there'd be days, if not weeks, really, you just kind of just maintaining course and you're really not doing a lot other than just keeping the ship clean and maintained. Now we have aircraft carriers, we have destroyers, we have things that go across the sea within hours, if not a day. Uh, they're very technical. They got a lot of, inform- you know, there's a lot of details and a lot of uh, things that you have to pay attention to. And so again, the Navy thought like this is not getting healthy for our Navy to, to have rum rations still and yet maintain these massive destroyers and aircraft carriers because of the technology. So that's when we decided, okay, we've got to stop giving out rum rations. We'll do rum rations when it's like a, you know a, a sail a boat it comes into port. We'll do rum rations when the ship's docked. That's fine. Or there's a celebration. Someone's getting a promotion. We'll do rum rations for that. 
But the day-to-day rations basically got cut off because of that, because of the technology of the ships, and it just got more and more dangerous. So, but if I know the British, they probably had barrels and barrels and barrels of this stuff sitting around waiting to be deployed. And then they suddenly, one day, you can't drink it anymore. What they do with all the extra rum? Yeah, so like you said, they always had, I think, something up to three years in advance of rations stored away for, obviously, for the sailors. And so what happened with the Black Tate happened was that they're like, well, now what do we do? And of course, the sailors were kind of upset, like, well, wait a minute now, you're taking away our rum rations. And so the British Navy had to come up with some sort of way to keep the sailors happy, but also get rid of all this reserve. And so what it was is that they thought, well, wait a minute now, the general public doesn't have access to this rum. And it's a really good rum. So why don't we sell the rum to the general public? And what we'll do is take the proceeds from that and give it to the Royal Navy for their retirement fund. And so when you buy a bottle of Purser's rum, a portion of that bottle, actually the sales of that bottle goes back to the British Navy for the retirement fund. And so it was, I think it was more anything, it was more of a selling point to the sailors to like, hey, you know what? We know you obviously are not too happy about you know, not getting rum rations anymore, but guess what? We're going to help you guys with your retirement fund. So when you guys retire from the Navy, you've got money and a reserve of money to work with. And so I think that was also a selling point. And also too, but I mean, like I said, the general public didn't know about this rum. It wasn't available to them. And so the British Navy knew they had something they would sell no matter what. And it does. I mean, you can't keep it on the shelves. It's, you know, one of those most popular rums around the world. There is an island, Voice Van Dyke, if I remember correctly, if I pronounced that correctly, Voice Van Dyke in the British Islands in the Caribbeans, they actually make painkillers. Now, painkillers very specifically actually use Pusser's rum. So if you look at a painkiller recipe, it is very specific about what rum you use, which is a Pusser's rum. And the funny thing is that painkiller was invented in 1970 when Black Talk Day happened. So all of a sudden, you've got rum now is being introduced to the general public and a cocktail on the side. So yeah, that's exactly what happened with that. Did you know? I did not. I did not. I did. I did. <laughs> it's like how many cocktails does Mark have? I don't know. Are we in the studio? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Another Hemingway, please. Another Hemingway, please. Yeah, exactly. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show that this show is kind of close to my heart. And the reason why I, I want to talk about on Did You Know is that, yes, the the rum and the, the Black Tot Day and all the sailor things is that Nova Scotia is known for its fishermen and for seas. Uh, I think Mark on what you talk off mic here also said that his grandfather also was a merchant sailor, if I remember correctly, right, Mark? Yes, he was. Yes. On those ships, when we talk about sailors and stuff, they also had something called sea shanties. And so I want to talk about sea shanties and people are like, well, wait a minute, what the the heck is a sea shanty? Well, sea shanty became very popular just recently on TikTok. Um, I'm not a TikTok person. Paula, are you a TikTok person? Do I look like a TikTok person? (laughs) No. I don't know. I mean, no. 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 Okay, so that was a TikTok. Okay, great. We don't have an expert for TikTok here. Okay, anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyways, on TikTok, very like the last little while, got super popular is these sea shanties. And sea shanties, what they are, they've been going on, uh, been used on ships for over hundreds of years. So it's not just something that's recently has come up through the year through the grapevine. It's been around for a very very long time. And what exactly is a sea shanty? Yeah, so a sea shanty, what it is, is a work song. So there's no instruments at all. And what it is, is on your ship, what it is, it's a work song that they generated 
to work in unison. So example, like when you're pulling the rope to pull the sails up, they had to pull in unison. Yeah. And so they had to find some way to do it in unison. So what they would do is have someone like beating a drum or being a piece of the, the, the ship and they would sing a song and there'd be certain parts of the, sh- in the in the song that they'd pull. Hi ho, hi ho, hi ho. I think that's not a sea yeah. shanty, but okay, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a work song. I feel. It's a, yeah, it's when a work song. Say, yeah, yeah. When yeah. you say work song, that's where my brain goes. <laughs> Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Hi ho, hi ho. Well, off to work we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a sea shanty, but no, yeah, no. I mean it's the same kind of process. Yeah, they would actually do a song in rhythm, and then every like maybe fourth chord or something, they would. Do whatever they're doing, say mopping or sweeping or pulling a rope. Yeah, uh, and they do that in unison. And so there was like work shanties. And actually, there's a documentary we're gonna put on there for you guys, and it's really cool because there was actually different kinds of shanties. So, example, there'd be shanties for when they're at sea and they're not anywhere near land, and they want to come to keep themselves in up spirits. So they're not doing actually any work; they're just kind of singing along. There's also two like when they're pulling the sails. There was a different kind of shanty for that. If they were mopping the decks. There'd be a different kind of shanty for that one. And so all these shanties uh, were developed all through the years. And we're going to put all kinds of links there for you guys on ones that are just the most popular ones that we know of. So how does this relate to you with, with the sea shanties? Yeah. So because I'm from Nova Scotia, my whole family uh, is all fishermen. They all worked on boats and stuff like this. And so I see this, I hear this all the time. So what ended up happening is that the she shanties, when they would dock and go to land or port, they would still sing them. And so in Nova Scotia, because of Irish and, and Scottish, we actually hear it all the time. So a lot of these sea shanties eventually would add, they would add instruments to them on land, like say a fiddle or a drum or a guitar or whatever. And they turn into folk songs. So if you listen to this example, like Irish Rovers, which is one of my favorite uh, bands from Nova Scotia, almost all their songs actually are sea shanties. They started off as songs on ships with no instruments just to get the work done. And then eventually when they came to land and port, they would still sing them. Also too, think, Mark, I mean, maybe we could throw this in there. I think the Disney ride for the Pirates of the Caribbean, they do sea shanties as well, don't they? Yeah, it's a yo, ho, ho. A pirate's life for me. There you go. A pirate's life Life for me. me. So, you know, that was the sea shanty that even the pirates would use. And, of course, we're going to talk about the most popular ones. You guys listened to one just before we did this recording, the Willowman, which is actually the big one now you hear on TikTok, and everyone's doing their own version of this song. Um, what do you do with a drunken sailor? We've all heard that one. What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor early in the morning? Uh, or blow the man down. Yep. Make him captain of an Exxon tanker. Make him captain of an Exxon tanker. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard it. <laughs> so you have to even have a good voice to become a, a sailor, eh? Well, if you think about it, though, they're all singing at the same time. So, okay. I have to ask this question. Has any of us besides me been in a choir? Like it's school or oh church. Oh my god! Or, no. Yeah, for about for about four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my, my story was that I was in probably I think it was in grade six or seven. I can't remember which one it was. And it was junior high. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was. They had a once a year they had a um, a musical, and so there was a choir, and so there was a music class we would have to go to. That was one of our credits, and you had to sing, and you learned how to sing all these songs as a choir. And so I would always get super nervous being in front of people. Go figure. Not anymore. But anyways, back then I was super shy. And so what I would do is 
a guy beside me, I can't remember his name was at the time. He goes, Craig, all you got to do is open your mouth like you're singing. Pretend that you're singing, but you don't have to sing. Therefore, you don't have to get nervous about your voice cracking. Because at that time, you know, you're changing your age. You're coming into teenager age. You, you know, voice might crack or you might not sound correctly on cue or, or key. Uh, and so when we did the, the big, huge musical for our parents, which also would show up in the auditorium, I would actually just lip sync the <laughs> I would lip sync the, the song, pretending like I'm singing, and I actually was not singing at all. So, like you're saying, so these sailors had a really bad voice. They probably could lip sync it and play off like basically like they're singing it because there's hundreds of them on the ship, right? There's like 20, 30 sailors on the ship. So, really, no one's going to miss if you're not singing along. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. They. You start singing and then somebody comes along and puts their hand on your shoulder and they ask you to leave. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. And then you hang your head and I am not worthy. I'm not worthy. The only singing I did was in also in like grade school when, when we had to do the end of the year performances or whatever. And yeah. I was bad. I was just bad, bad, altogether bad. So I remember this play, one play I did for Christmas, because it was always the Christmas Carol, like they always did a, a play for all the parents and stuff. Yeah. I, I remember one year I was so nervous. And the teacher goes, okay, Craig, you could be a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a tree. See, I just stood there and, and, and there's a cardboard tree cut out on top of me. And I'm like, okay, I'm a tree. See, now there is where I usually used to shine because I would always be the main character. Always. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I like doing all the the talking stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't put me to be a tree. I'm just going to be a a dancing tree, you know, in the the back. But no singing, though. No singing because this voice ain't for singing. (laughs) Nope, me neither. Mark, were you ever in a play, like in a Christmas Carol play or? Yeah, I was in the play, but I was always like an extra. Uh, what did we do? I think it was, uh, Oliver or one of those ones. Anyway, it had to be a dress up like a tramp in the city, then run through this, the, uh, audience and then sit on the stage and sing with everybody else. But I would, of course, just mouth the words. (laughs) Yeah. See, it always works. So anyways, yeah. So that is all about sea shanties. Some information about that. Of course, we'll add some links in there for you guys. So we do have international rum day, which was August 16th, which is coming up. We're going to have uh, Black Tot Day, which is July 31st. So drink your rum. Don't throw it away. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, we had some recipes in there for you guys. And uh, so that's all that we have for the show. So let's tell everybody who we are. We are Tiki. Sorry, Tiki. We are www.tikicentralcanada.ca. Or .com. There we go. And on that main page, you will see all the information for the show, the recipes for the show, Tons of links on there, like Mark's Adventures is on there. We also have Paula's page will be on there eventually. She's not in a rush for it, I know, but we'll put it on there anyways. The Brazilian. Mm. If you haven't listened to The Brazilian, by the way, go back to some of the episodes and find them. There are really some interesting facts that are on there. And Paula always has a lot of information that me and Mark are the non-experts on. (laughs) We're the newbies. And uh, yeah. But, you know, it's really cool to learn another culture. I, I think that's it's always I, – I, the thing is, like, when I go on these Caribbean trips, and I'm sure Mark can concur and you concur, Paula, when you guys go on our trips, we always want to learn more about where we're at, like the culture of the place we're in, the food, the drinks. Yeah. Everything about the place. Uh, I'm sure, Mark, everywhere you go, you want to learn more about what's going on there. Oh, absolutely. Whether it's the food, recipes, that kind of stuff, what the, uh, what the locals drink, what the locals listen to for music, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's- exactly. Yeah. 
So, yes, on there also, too, is the episode and recipe page for you guys. It's easy to navigate through. Click on the link you want to. brings you down to it. And then to go back to the top of the page, just click on the arrow at the bottom right-hand corner. brings you right back to the top of the page. And also, do we, we have our subscribe page. Please do subscribe. Please, please. We got 13,000 subscribers, and we want to keep on going strong. So there we go. Awesome. Uh, also, too, it's also pays for our gas to get to Paula's house for the road trip to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> nice well i mean maybe me or mark go through the drive through mcdonald's i'm not gonna lie we probably get a little snack along the way but hey anyways like that's a different thing uh also too we do have our cool link page for all the cool links and information if you want to and uh yeah so i think that's all we got for our show mark's gonna go off and make himself another uh hemingway daiquiri i'm sure one or two of those anyways uh, Paula's going to go off and see how the little is doing, and I'm going to go off and make some drinks as well. So thank you for listening to the show, guys, and stay tuned to the next show. See Bye. you guys. Mahalo. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Guys, hey, guys, where's my drink? But I got it wrong. Nope. It's the almond syrup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. It's just almond syrup. It's all I good. Al- I almost called you guys to ask. Should have. Yep. We're always available for you. That's oh. right. 24-7. With 24-7. Your t- with tiki questions. <laughs> Super important life business. Yeah, that's just right. Just make sure you don't send me five texts in a row, okay? Because yeah. then I don't wonder. <laughs> yeah.